Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and director, Sean Murphy. Sean has worked with clients such as Google, Microsoft, Rolling Stone, and Toyota, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Sean about growing up in Florida, studying photography at Nisop in Boston, and his experience photographing the band Weezer for decades. Sean spent years based in Los Angeles, California, photographing everyone from Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Jack Black, and Green Day, to name a few. These days, Sean is based in the Florida Panhandle, where he is the current director of photography for Boat Boards, the world's largest selling stand-up paddleboard company. Sean has been in the photo business for over 30 years, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with him about his journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, I now welcome on Sean Murphy, man. Uh, excited to talk to you. Um, man, you, you got a lot of energy, man. Everyone I talked to, I was talking to Clay Patrick McBride the other day. I told him I was interviewing you, and he's like, oh, man, buckle up. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, those guys that teach, that are my friends that I came up with, they'll ask me, hey, man, can you, t- can you do a lecture in my class? They asked me once. Yep. And then after, and then I do it one time and they're like, maybe that was too much. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the bosses get a little too scared. You know, you keep it, you keep it real, Sean, man. That's um, right. But yeah, man, like how's it been going? Obviously been a crazy year, but like following you on Instagram, it seems like you guys have been still been cooking, uh, shooting a lot of stuff down in Florida and whatnot. But how's things been lately for you? Dude, it has been... Um... Man, it's such a loaded question, but I left Los Angeles uh, two years ago. Yep. I think exactly. Perfect timing. You know, it's like right when I left, it's just the shit hit kind of shit got weird, you know. But um, I was actually traveling. I was in China for like a month and then all over Asia. And then I came back and I was fucking sick. And I had I think I was like paid. <laughs> patient zero <laughs> yeah you know or something like that but honestly you know um work's been it hasn't stopped over here you know especially in the in the atmosphere i'm in with this outdoor company that i work with out here we're just non-stop it's gotten much busier yeah um just the travel slowed down a bit less a little less flying that's really about it what were you doing out in asia before the pandemic um i was working with a, a a logistics shipping company called Flexport. Yep. And they do like all all this kind of it's cargo ships, right? Going all over the world and you can get down to the minute timing on where all your shit is on like a cargo ship. So they sent me all over the whole world just shooting by myself, shooting uh all their locations and the people and it's kind of a cool lifestyle piece for their company, which is it was a big deal and it's my favorite thing. I got to travel by myself and that's, that's, that's the way I like to work the most. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, you shoot advertising. So obviously sometimes there's a lot of like production people and crews and stuff. So is it kind of, you enjoy kind of working by yourself pretty much? I love it, man. I, you know, man, I, there's, I've had so many lives in this, in this career over the last 25 years. And it's, it's literally been, you know, from shooting, you know, porn to shooting CD co- album covers and bands and editorial to then getting a te- 
in with Getty Images before they were Getty and them teaching me how to shoot in an advertising type style and then moving into advertising and then kind of, you know, get into it later. But the, how I met this outdoor brand company that's oddly enough based in the town I grew up in and all the all those things that, you know, I I learned over the last 20 years came all together for this company and I'm able to like utilize every experience and it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, man. It's just like rolling with those punches. Cause I'm sure the, the business from when you started to now is a lot different, right? Yeah. Yes. And no, you know, I mean, it's like the, it, it's always kind of the same. And, and you know, the thing first I want to say, you know, what you're doing is I get so pumped because if I was, if I was in my twenties and there was a, a podcast or some way of watching, listening to all the photographers that you've interviewed, mm -hmm. I would get so much. We didn't have that. Yeah. So in a sense, I mean, it is a lot different. We don't have, you know, I can't get on clubhouse and talk to anybody in the world or, or listen to your pot. I mean, listen to the, you've interviewed a lot of my friends. And I've taken trips down memory lane, listening to them. Carlos Sorrell is one of my best friends coming up. And, wow. you know, just the, the path that we've, that he and I took, you know, when we were in our twenties, you know, working together every day, like, you know, just coming up, it was just a, it was, it was just the hustle. It, it, it's still the hustle, you know, you either have it or you don't have it. I mean, everybody takes fucking pretty good pictures, you know, but I think, you know, pictures are, they kind of a lot of times take, backseat to a lot of other things that are really important like soft skills and social social intelligence and yeah. is that is that the right word <laughs> you know social skills personality um production all these things you know that are super important i th i think and i really think you know it takes zero fucking talent to work hard mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's going to kind of set you above the others and so in, in a sense, it, it hasn't changed. It still takes that. And I still think very few people make it, you know, from there's a lot of photographers, man. How many people do you know that are photographers and how many do you know that are in it, you know, and then how many do you know that have been doing it for 20 plus years, you know? Yeah, you really have to love it. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you feel this way, but I can't not do it. Like for, for, for me, photography is so much like if I don't, like I've gone, I, I shot a bunch of stuff like a week and a half ago and now I'm yeah. still, I'm like Jones in for that next like yeah. shoot. I'm like, man, they yeah. need to make something good. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, not man. It's, it's a, it's a fucking drug, right? Like I was watching your trip to LA. Yeah. It seems like what I, the way I approach shit too, like I'll go on trips or vacations and that, I work, the work working is my vacation. If I go on a surf trip, I'm out shooting the surfing. If I go on, if I went to LA, I'd do just what, what you did. I would, I'd last, I did two shoots yesterday just from random kids that live in the town that are in bands in a high school that I thought were interesting. I just call them up. Hey, you want to meet up for 30 minutes? I, I need like a little fix, you know, yeah. I was a drug, I was a real drug addict. So I've been sober for a long time now, like 10 years. But I still love that fix, you know. I love, I love photography, man. And, and I've, I've gotten into video a lot because you have to. But I'm at heart, I'm a photographer. I love that single image, telling a story. Car Carlos was talking about it, and I, he and I are a lot, a lot alike and a, and very different in our styles. But yeah, 
you know, when we were in our twenties, we hung out every single day and he would get a job and I would assist him or I would get a job and he would assist me and he owned a Pentex six, seven and I didn't know shit. And we would just kind of buy a light from home Depot, but we'd shoot somebody famous with a light from home Depot for like $10. And we just figured out, you know, how to do all this shit, but man, I don't know, dude. It, it's such, it's, it's just such an, I got to do it every day, you know? Um, it's like momentum. Since then, exactly. Since then to now. And I heard some people, a, a lot of people will say, oh, I didn't shoot over the pandemic very much. Or I took a couple months off. I'm like, God damn, how the fuck did you do that? Yeah. Like I, I freak out like two days without a camera. I mean, I would trip out. I don't even know how I would, that's just me though. You know, we're all, we're all a little bit different, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and because uh, like, how did you first like get into photography initially? How did you first pick up a camera? Uh, so I, uh, I'm so the town that I live in now is where I grew up. It's Fort Walton Beach, Florida. It's a tiny little town on the Panhandle of Florida, by kind of by Pensacola. Yeah, and Nate Bressler's from here. You interviewed my friend Nate. He he grew up on. He's from Nebraska originally, but he ended up moving here and lived across. We live in these little bayous that we live on. He lived right on the other side of the bayou from me. You call like, I think it's on your website. You called it the Redneck Riviera, right? Yeah, that's what well, that's what they call it, man. This is a shit's <laughs> real down here, dude. The, the 80s, it was still segregated. You know what I mean? Like yep. the coaches at our junior high had to go to this one road and pick Damn. up all the black kids and bring them to school so we would have a football team. Like it was oh, like shit. that. And it's just like over the last few years that we've had a Hispanic community and it's things have kind of turned around, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty, it, it's back in time or, or it used to be at least, but, but so I grew up here and, and, uh, and was super creative and, but never picked up a camera and it, it's a long story, but my brother went to college at UCF and I couldn't get into college cause I barely graduated from high school. Yeah. So my dad's like, I'll buy you a fucking car if you go, and live with your brother in Orlando. So I was, so I, I went to Valencia Community College in Orlando on the east side. And I took one class, one photo class and like one writing class. And I took his photography class and there was a teacher named Bob Engington. And he was a, he looked, he was kind of crippled and fucked up looking. And to me, he's old, right? Yep. But I did the math later. Motherfucker was my age that I am now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought he was really old and shit. Hard living, hard living. Hard living, but he was all, you know, like this from being in the chemistry. And he was a war photographer for like people, or I'm sorry. Um, life. Time, life, there you go. And, uh, but anyway, halfway through the class, he he kind of pulled me aside. I was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. You know, I should probably say this, but this is, you need to go to a bigger city. And he suggested Boston or New York. So I was clubbing one night at this downtown doing ecstasy or something. And I met these two <laughs> chicks from Maine on the stage. We're dancing, I'm dancing with these chicks. And they're like, we're going to Maine like in two days. I'm like, I'll drive. And I drove them and went through Boston. And when I, I'd never been to like a real big, cool big city. I'd moved to Hawaii before, but never like a really cool big scene. And I was like, I'm, I'm moving here. And so I just packed my shit and moved to Boston and was on a subway and saw a little thing on the, in the subway that said, learn photography. But I kind of had a little portfolio put together 
and I went to the school and I was New England School of Photography. Oh shit, man! I Nice yeah. up was great, man. Nice rest up, in, yeah. Rest in peace. It's no longer there, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I, I used to take uh, when I was in high school. I, I took a darkroom class there because they had like evening, oh, evening classes you could take or whatever. But it was an awesome little school, man. Like, how, how did you enjoy your time there? Because it was like very tight knit community. It wasn't like a ton of students there, so. Yeah, did you go? Was it? Were they in Kenmore Square when you were yep. there? Yeah, they were in Kenmore. Yeah, and the vibe was cool, right? You go up these these tall stairs, and you just smell. Yep. The essence, you know what I mean, of the chemistry, and and it was like it was like kind of punk rock because it was, you know, right across the street was the Rat Skeller, and there were some other punk bars, and it wasn't all built up yet with all the college shit. So, yep, I loved it. I mean, I was. It was amazing, man. I can't, I, I'm still in contact with some of my teachers and shit from that school and it changed my life. You know, there, there was a couple of points in time. I almost quit that school because I was thought I was the shit and I could leave and start my career. But thank God, one of the teachers talked me into staying and, um, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I actually have gone back a couple of times to, to speak at the school. And the last time I was back was, the year they just closed they moved to waltham or yeah somewhere that, else. that closed too it's they not closed. that, that completely closed it yeah which yeah. was a bummer but there's amazing photographers came out of there like yourself obviously and then like what uh danny clinch and then i don't Man. know if you know jeremy and claire weiss who are, they go by day yeah. 19 they're like a group totally. yeah some yep. badass photographers who've come out of there because like what kind of stuff were you shooting even when you're in school like what were you interested in so when i went to when I, I was a painter before I was a photographer, but so I was really into Francis Bacon was my favorite artist. And I was really into this photographer named um, Joel Peter Whitkin. Oh, yeah. Who did, you know, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. And like would have corpses and weird shit and like multimedia. And then and then Annie Leibovitz. I was really into I mean, I, I don't know who wasn't, I guess, at, you know, at that time. And of course, Richard Avedon. I love classic, classic shit. And I love the way Annie could. I was, I was, I love music. And I, and I was really involved with the, the gay community. For whatever reason, I kind of connected with that community and, and started, I hung out at the clubs and I attached myself to the, to a lot of the folks in, the, in that community and that were ended up being makeup artists and stylists and the creative types. And, so I really wanted to shoot, my goal was at that time was to, I want to shoot bands and like character studies of people. I want to shoot portraits in, in, a, in a cool way, more from their, you know, as a young photographer, that's, that was, was in my mind. I want to be like a form of Annie Leibovitz. And I think, you know, I was looking at my book from the, that's what I did. And I worked at the Marriott Hotel in Copley Square mm. and every waiter and waitress that worked there were all from all over the world. They had a program there where they had all these, you know, Europeans and people from Africa, wherever the fuck. And I would shoot all of them. Everyone, every single person I meet, I would like, can I do a portrait of you? And I would fucking figure out their life or what they were into, what their shit was. And I would do a cool character study on them. So that was my jam for, for a while. And then that immediately kind of got me, shifted into the music situation so 
have you always been comfortable just approaching people and talking to people? Because like even I mean, just talking like when, when you set this up, man, like sometimes I do these podcasts, I don't know what to expect. But I knew like going to this one, it would just be like an easy conversation because you're like, yeah. outgoing, you can tell. But like, have you always just kind of been like that where your parents kind of outgoing or like that's just yeah. always kind of thing? Dude, my dad was a colonel in the Air Force. And my, my whole family's military. I'm the only one that's not. Wow. So it was real kind of gnarly. You know what I mean? Like you're getting ass beatings and you, you, you kind of were shut down a little bit. But I don't know. I came out of my I figured out one day that if you're funny. Oh, my granddad, he said some shit to me one time. Where he was trying to pick up a chick in Vegas. My granddad was trying to pick up a waitress. And I was with him using me for like a, a like to help him pick up a chick and at a, <laughs> at a casino. And so we're sitting at this table and he looks at the, the waiter and goes, my grandson says, uh, you got beautiful eyes. And I'm like, that was code for tits. Yeah. And so he, he looked at me, he goes, son, he goes, all they can say is no. And <laughs> oh you know what I mean? If you don't ask for something, whatever that thing is, like people just, their people are, fuck man. If someone walks up to me on the street and says, hi, it's awesome. Right. Yeah. It makes you happy. So I learned that with a dimple and a smile and and just saying and a couple of nice words to somebody, it, you'd be surprised. And uh, and and I just love meeting people like I just I'm into my favorite thing is to meet somebody and shoot them yeah. and get in whatever and whatever their thing is. I'm fascinated by it all over the spectrum. You know what I mean? And and so. Yeah, I think probably I've been like that for quite a while, you know, but I mean, but, that's uh, a good skill to have, like, especially in photography <laughs> dealing with people, even like when you're doing the advertising stuff, I'm sure like when you're doing these creative calls and you have to like pitch kind of pitch yourself to the brand or whatever. And being able to be able to comfortable to talk to people in that space is like a real skill. And like not everyone has it. And like I know from assisting myself, the guys who were really successful it wasn't they were good photographers but more more often than not they were like just really good at like talking to people and communicating you know yeah i think uh i was i am i think really that's what i'm think i'm good on calls mm -hmm. and i have every we all have our pitch right like i'm sure you have your your style yeah and you know certainly like um carlos like i've i've heard you know i i know him extremely well and i know his world is so much more uh, elaborate mm -hmm. than maybe mine would be, but but I've been in situations where I've I've had to, you know, do. Man, I, I had a call not just to jump all over the place. I had a call. I did a job two years ago. It was my biggest job ever. It was directing six commercials and doing six print ads on the same job. And I was to direct the commercials and shoot the print ads. There's a lot of comping for an electric electric uh, electrify america yeah. and we we're shooting like electric in gas cars and comping them over and having you know it was a fucking nightmare and i didn't i never directed a real like real commercials yeah directed like some videos or some shit yeah but i think people use that word really lightly like the directing that i'm a director like i fucking was like freaked out i i was on uh <laughs> master class watching fucking ron howard <laughs> like just learning some lingo you know <laughs> and then i had to do a call and i you know i have to talk the talk and and uh i don't know how i got that job you know what i mean but it must have been you say the right things and the right phrases and and people sense your confidence and you're you know if you're a genuine person you're confident 
yeah. and your treatments on point and, and, and you hit the mark on kind of what they're going for and you, you know, uh, they can relate to you on a personal level or whatever. It seems like it kind of gives you the, the upper hand, you know? Yeah. And then like, so. yeah. And then at that point, it's like, you might not have as much experience, but you know, after you get that, after that call, it's like, now I got to put the team together that can execute the thing that we need to do. And that's like the skill is like putting the team together and making it happen. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've had my team for decades, you know, the same people, the core people, right. The same producer as the first or second assistant, uh, digital tech. And then you fill in the gaps kind of, I just surround myself with, cause we're a team, right? It's never, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, it, I can't do shit without the rest of the people and my makeup artist, I have to use the same girl because she smells amazing and she's into spirituality and she's beautiful and she's such a nice person. And anyone that sits in her chair leaves that chair fucking just feeling good. Yeah. And then I use the same assistants because I'm kind of a big personality and I don't need my assistants to be a big personality. They, mm-hmm. I, it's better for me if they're kind of more business and they're making me look good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that, that works for me. So I have the, yeah, I have a whole, and, and then the styling, the stylist tends to shift depending on the job, whether it's a, maybe a music job or it's an advertising job, depending on the style, I'll kind of shift between a, a couple of three, three people on that. And like you said, like you have a big personality. Do you feel like you ever have to like tone that down with certain clients? Like, is it like reading the room or you just kind of do you and that's your, that's your deal. I don't know. No, I think, I think you have to be respectful and read the room yep. obviously. And I, I think no matter how much I tone it down, I can't cover up every tattoo and, yeah, I know I'm going to slip up with some swear words every now and again and probably say some off color shit. And they'll probably find out that I was an alcoholic and a meth addict at yeah. some point that comes up because sobriety is my life. You know, I love it. And it tends to come up after a couple of days because, yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. And so they they find out. And then but I've never had a uh, you know, I, I, tr- I kind of think you should be who you are. Right. So. I think you said it. I was listening to you on a podcast with, um, man, I can't remember who it was, but you, you were saying, you know, you're talking about, oh, it's Gary Land. You're talking about shooting, maybe it was shooting athletes or something. You're like, man, everyone's doing that thing. Mm-hmm. But so what, why, what am I going to add to it? Right. But so I'll just be myself. And if people yeah. dig it, that's fucking awesome. You don't have to, everyone doesn't have to like you. Right. So I think it's important to just kind of be be who you are. You know what I mean? That's that's going to be your you don't need every job. You don't you know. Yeah. And you're not going to get every job because I made that mistake early on. Like I've said <laughs> a million times. It's like I was trying to do shit that I thought would like lead to a job, but it doesn't. And then now it's just like, fuck, I'm just going to shoot the stuff I like. And like you're saying, like people like it. That's cool. If not, like whatever, like I'll just keep on trucking. It's just like uh, I don't know if you feel this way, but like. Like the thing I in this career that has made me like a skill that I think I've gotten from it is like being able to take rejection. It's like every day it might be like some job you lose or like some personal project you're trying to shoot. Like I was trying to line up this shoot I wanted to do and the person this wasn't interested. And I was just like, whatever, man, like roll on to the next one. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of a random point, but it's just being able to roll with those punches, I think, in this business, you know. 
Yeah, and there is a lot of rejection. And I don't take it as rejection necessarily. You know, I miss I miss a lot, you know, especially in, on ad campaigns. Like um, we're doing a bid right now for a pretty sizable job, like a week long job. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and we're and, and putting a treatment and a bid together and then we're triple bidding it. And then some fucking dude comes in or a girl, I don't know who it is, comes in and 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 undercuts the shit by like, I mean, crazy. Mm-hmm. And anyone that knows anything is like, dude, you can't do they're, they're this buying job the job. For- they're buying they're buying the job pretty much to it's do it's crazy. It. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot that that shit frustrates me. But yeah, I mean if I don't get something, I kind of, I oftentimes when I, mostly when I don't get something, something better comes along. It's like, <laughs> glad I didn't get that thing. Cause this thing came along. And I'm not really money driven. Like I don't know how much money I have yeah. ever. My wife <laughs> tells me not to spend shit or yeah. spend or I'm cool. Uh, and I just work every day and I shoot every day and I have a lot of different streams coming in, whether it's stock, mm-hmm or uh, editorial, or I'm on salary. I'm the director of photography at this company, Boatboards, and, or I'm doing an ad. So there's many streams coming in. Yeah. And I don't really know where I'm at ever. I just base it on, is this thing interest me? Is it cool? Um, at this point, I don't think I have to work so hard to, you know what I mean? I'm in a comfortable place, with, which I've never been able to say before. Yeah. So I can kind of turn things down and, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's never, it's a never ending learning. I learn every day. Yeah. And man. then, and now we have our mutual friend, John Harrington, who's my <laughs> mentee. Yeah. He's been around for four years and, and I get to relearn shit with him. Yeah. Which is cool. Right. Like, cause I get to see a kid that was m- when I, my age, when I was at NISOP and you watch and you go, Oh, he's going to fuck that up or yeah. whatever. But he's excited. He's excited about it. He's like, so yeah. 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 Super pumped. And I, and I love it. And it it makes me realize what a, what a journey, you know, this is, it's a long journey. And, And that's the other thing I try to, the famous thing that he fucking hates me saying all the time is he hears me say it all the time is, you know, when I was at NISOP and I was 23 and I would thought I was hot shit. I was the class speaker and, Everyone, you know, gave me accolades all the time. And I was kind of like the hot shit that year. And I was outside smoking cigarettes and being cool out front. And this this teacher of mine, Dave Shervish, he's he he's still my friend. He he's like, listen here, motherfucker. Just like that, roasted me in front of all these other kids. And it's like, if you make it, which you probably won't, it's gonna take you 10 years. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you, man. I'm already shooting bands and this thing and and that thing and god dang man it was like eight years you know what i mean before i like wasn't waiting tables or something you know yeah Uh, it just takes time to 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 have all the experiences i think that you need to have to be kind of comfortable and your style settles in and you're you know how to act on a set and you know how to do this and you've made enough mistakes um yeah, it's like building your name out there and like working with people. Shit, man. Like, I'm this is like my 13th year in the business since I got out of school. 
and I just stopped working like shitty part-time jobs, like maybe like four or five years ago, like for years, like almost 10 years, like you said, like I was doing my photography shit. I was working at like warehouses at night. I was doing work mm-hmm. at hardware stores on the weekend and, yeah. Yeah, but you stick with it. Like more and more, it just seems like opportunities slowly kind of come your way. Like it takes a long time. It does, man. And I, I got to tell you too, like, you know, working those jobs. I don't know if you treated it like this. I have a feeling we have a lot of similarities. Like it seems like you like to meet people and do, do shit with them. Yeah. I worked at every restaurant I worked at. There was one in San Francisco, the Phoenix hotel. This is where it really got my start in the business, but everyone that worked there was a freak. Right. And they all were like a, a, a musician or there, all the musicians would stay there at the hotel or, there was just a lot of creativity around me in these side gigs. Mm-hmm. It gave me outlets and people. And, you know, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of material around me as opposed to like, I don't know. I feel like if I would have got out of school and said, fuck it, I'm a photographer. I'm just going to do headshots or wedding shit or beat. There's nothing wrong with this stuff. But if that's what I did and I just got right into it, I don't know. I just feel like I would, it would have been, I would have fallen flat. Like I need those kind of, exterior stimulation yeah it gives you like more perspective on the world and meeting different people and see how different people live their lives instead of this kind of doing the same thing over and over i mean like i i definitely had some like office jobs where you're just doing the same thing over and over and like i want to fucking jump out the window dude <laughs> it's like i don't know that's the fun thing about photography is like on a weekly basis like you know this like you could be shooting like some like scientist dude or like some athlete or some chef and it's not even about the money it's just kind of getting a peek into someone's life for that day and see like what they do you know yeah it's 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 and i think we all have a little similar thing i think you're talking to frank and frank said it really he, he was one of the one of my and when i first got into photography moved to la like he was one of the guys i really looked up to still do you mm-hmm. know what i mean but he said, but hearing him or Andy Anderson, who's a friend of mine, hearing these guys that are kind of a generation older than me say they felt like, oh, my career's over. I haven't got a call in fucking two weeks. You know <laughs> what I mean? You know how many times in my life I've thought my, I'm never going to work again? Yeah. Fucking million times, you know, and I go to sleep for three days and the phone rings. It's like there's a you got my agents on the phone. I got a a cool bid came in or something. And it's like, man, I should just stop being an asshole, be grateful and understand that everything's like this and yep. do all the things I need to do. And it's going to be fine. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's, that's the tricky part about our business. You know, they're this, the security and hearing yes. someone like Frank, who to me, I'm like, God damn, he's doing cool Legend. shit like, nonstop. And he's worried. And this is his only like, there's no B, plan B. I mean, I'm sure at this age, you know, at this stage in the game, he's made some smart decisions. His life seems like a super smart guy. Yeah. But, and I've, I have Airbnbs and I've, I do other things. So I'm, I'm reaching a point where it's like, fuck, man, I'm getting tired. You know what I mean? Like, I love <laughs> photography, but I don't know if I want to grind, grind as hard, you know? Um, yeah. So it's a trip. I think we all have a little bit of that. Um, Definitely. Maybe insecurity. Well, do you I, am i, am I do you no think all I'm that right? man i have those months where i'm like fuck dude do i need to like look at a new career path <laughs> like, See, what you, got, you gotta call me man <laughs> well like you know we should start like a support group you know yeah, yeah. 
but then I'm, I'm too stubborn man i can't quit like that's my problem I'm yeah like, I'm, I'm not quitting because like you know i want to see where this thing goes because then it's like i don't know i got a couple assignments this month and i'm excited for those and see what kind of goes from that like make some new work and see where it goes that's the fun thing about it for me yeah i think my favorite part is my favorite part is has always been I know there the works out there, and I I have I was I was lecturing this <laughs> this kid I was lecturing some kid came into my studios asking me my advice, and he was like he lives in we live in a in like the literal asshole of the the I mean it's a beautiful place, but there ain't shit going on in this town, yeah. you know. So it's like all these photographers running around. You know, it's like my dad always talked about this place. Like, man, it's one, it's one fucking side of the town selling hamburgers to the other. <laughs> it's kind of like if I lived in the LA and I live in the valley where I lived in the valley in Canoga Park. If I only worked in Canoga Park and tried to get jobs, and so this motherfucker's over my house. I said, dude, we live like right here. Yep. Right, right there. Mm -hmm. And this is where I work. This is like this is my this is what I focus on. Is the whole. The whole world is our where you know. So my favorite part is to like find. I know these people are out here. I know these clients and ad agencies all over the world, right? Yeah, I've seen them. I've yep. worked for them. Yep. So how do I get to them? There's, how do I? There's whales out there, man. There's whales dude, out there, dude. <laughs> yeah, and if you're putting out the the feelers and and every time you meet somebody, milk that. Is, I mean, I've had so many jobs where when I was unfortunately like took my downward spiral onto drugs and alcohol for a while. Mm. I was really busy at that time too, like extremely busy. And, and I, uh, I kind of shit on a lot of opportunities. I shit on a lot of things. I, I didn't really treat the jobs with res the respect that they deserved. And I regret that, you know, those, that's one of my big regrets. And I only wish, I don't wish anything different because I wouldn't be who I am today, but, what do you feel like you were kind of getting a big head at one point? Like, when uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I did. I, I mean, you know, I had this amazing producer and um, I had a big studio and I had all these people that work with me and, um, and they just babysat me really. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I, and I just did ad job after ad job back to back to back. And I was just kind of shuffled from place to place. I think I was maybe just bored. I don't know what I just, and I thought I was, it was never going to end. Yep. And I thought, uh, you know, all those things. I was probably in my early 30s, and you know, I, I, how wrong could, I could I, I fucked it up. I, I still, I worked always, but mm -hmm. it did. I, I, a lot of things went away, man. I got a divorce, and I, I had a falling out with an agent, and I shifted agents to another one in New York, and everything got weird, and it just was a weird few years, and. Um, so I, I think it's important to really milk relationships and 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 in a genuine way, like mm -hmm. treat every job like it's the your last. You yeah. know what I mean? Enjoy it, have fun. You know, and uh, you meet so many great people. And like this job I got at Flexport, do it traveling the world. I met a guy. I didn't even remember him. I was shooting. That I got hired to shoot portraits at this agency, Swirl in San Francisco. They're like, Hey Murph, they knew me. They're like, Hey, can, can you come to come to come up and just shoot all the fucking people at work here in a fun way? Yeah. Just do your thing. And they cut me loose for like three days and I was shooting all the portraits of these guys and girls. And there's one dude 
this guy named Tay, and he was in, behind a computer somewhere working while I was carrying on doing all my shit. I don't even remember the dude, yep. but he remembered me. Yep. Fucking three years later, I get a call. I'm here in Florida, and he calls. I thought it was a crank call. He's like, <laughs> "Hey, Sean, this is I remember you from blah blah blah, and and I love the way you work. I was watching you, and I got a job for you. And it was like, fuck, man, this dude just handed it to me." It was tons of money. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing job. Yeah. And so you just don't know what kind of, you know, effect you're going to have on people. So I think it's, it's you got to always kind of keep that. in. It's a long game. Dude, that happened to me last week. Someone, some dude that I met at an agency like seven years ago, hit me up on LinkedIn because I've been posting photos on LinkedIn, uh -huh. more, which yeah. I found has been pretty good. And, uh, he hit me up. He's like, hey, do you do like like portraits? I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. He's like, all right, well, I got something for you. He's like, at some pharma company in Boston. I'm like, all right, let's, oh, let's well, yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> seven years is seven years ago, but yeah, it's just like I don't know. You never know where stuff's gonna go down the line. Random thing. I was watching yeah. some interview with you when you were starting out. Like, I don't know if it was in New York or where. You said you would just go to photographer's studios and knock on the door. Like, I think you said in some video, I said you would go to like Mark Seliger's studio or whoever you wanted to assist <laughs> for, and you would just show up unannounced and just knock on the door and say, what's up? Yeah, well, so I lived in, after Boston, I moved to Hawaii, mm -hmm. and I, li I, I lived in Honolulu, and I just uh, was there for like a few months, and I applied to be on that show, The Real World. Oh, yeah. You know, so was, they're doing real world San Francisco. And then one day I get my my girlfriend's like, dude, we got a letter. I mean, it was all fucking there's no Internet. It's like I got a letter, a facsimile. And they wanted you to go do another thing. So I would do another. I would send them more pictures. And then they called back. They want to do an interview. Anyway, long story short, I go to San Francisco and it turns out I was going to be 24. I was going to be too old, basically. Yeah. So that guy, Puck. Oh Puck. yeah, he I remember Puck, spot. dude. That was, was, Puck. He he was my he was would have been my spot. He did my spot that I would have got if I would have got on the show. <laughs> so um anyway, so I stayed in San Francisco and I would spend my time down at the library in the daytime looking in the black book. Is it the black book? Yeah, that's what it was. Nah, I yeah, I think that was the, old the black book. Yeah. And it had every photographer, you know, and um because there was no internet yet. I would just sit in the library and I would just look up all the photographers in the city in San Francisco mm -hmm. and I would write them handwritten letters and the motherfuckers would never write me back. And then I'd go to all the labs and I would put up pictures that I would take the cool pictures with little tear down tabs for assisting work. And then I would, I would, uh, nobody, I didn't really get any. So then I just started knocking on people's doors and I would literally be like, I remember Hunter Freeman, like yep. he, he hired, he hired me once. One time, and I'm I'm sorry if if Hunter ever watches this or stuff. But I, I sucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I remember that guy was he didn't really talk to me. I was just kind of like a nebulous fifth assistant or something. Yeah. And we were shooting like a got milk ad or something, and 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 I he my job was to download the four by five negatives. I think I exposed a couple of them in the. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was a total fucking, but. No, mostly people would go, what, get the fuck away. Like nobody wanted to give me any time. I think mm -hmm. that's why today if I am so accessible. Like if any kid calls me on Instagram, I'll, I'll answer kids back all day long. Yeah, man. Can I, can I come by? I got a question. They ask me anything. I'll talk to them. I give them my time because I think it's, 
I think it's super important to give back because that was so hard for me to, to even get my foot in it. Nobody would let me, I wanted to work for free. I was like, I don't even want you to pay me. Can I come in your studio and sweep this fucking thing? Yeah. Anything. And they would just say no. Yeah. It was crazy, man. And so that is yeah. crazy. Man. It is frustrating. Yeah. I I'm the same way. Like, uh, you know, uh, people reach out to me from the podcast or whatever, a lot of times. And I respond to everybody. Cause it's like, not, I just like being a part of the photo community, man. I like fucking chopping it up with people and like seeing where yeah. it's not like I'm, I don't know. I think some people just have the mentality of taking, 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 which is like, I don't know. I'm just not that way. Like I, I, I like meeting people and like, if you're, if someone's that hyped on your shit that they're going to show up on your front doorstep and you're, I don't know. Like I'm just not wired that way. <laughs> Dude, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they thought it was just, I was very flamboyant at the time too, and maybe the look scared them <laughs> off. And shit. You know, I don't really know with my fur coats and the fucking, you know, who knows? Yeah. But um, you know, lately, like I've been, I get call, I get Instagram shit from people all over, and they're just like fans of, you know, I had one last week, a fan of Nina Hagen. He mm -hmm. lived in like Barcelona or something. And I just send them all the fucking, I just send people, eh, here's all, here's the shoot. Do what you want with it. I just did a, a 20 year retrospective on Weezer where I posted like hundreds and hundreds of unseen. And I just did it because the fans are always asking me, I said, here, fucking take it. Do what you want with it. That's probably bad, right? Like maybe I shouldn't just be giving the shit away, but yeah. I don't really care. I just want to, I just want to like make people stoked and and I don't know. That's just how I am. Yeah, you made that that person's day. And I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that oh, Weezer you mentioned. I know you, a long time uh, photographing that legendary band. Like, how did you kind of first start working with them? Um, I was uh, I used to shoot for Alternative Press a lot. You know, AP and in 2000, they they hired me to shoot a Weezer shoot. And it was a space odyssey theme. And I, we, Nate, Nate Bressler was my assistant. We yeah. were drinking beers out back and we were like, you know, it'd be funny, man. Let's like make a fucking UFO out of cardboard and we'll shoot the skate. You know, we'll fuck with the wide angle. We'll make this, we'll fuck with the scale. And we'll put glitter and shit on it. And we got a bunch of tin foil from Home Depot. And yeah. And anyway, we did this shoot and uh, they came over and, and there are the rivers was being weird and I didn't understand if he was mad, didn't like the shit or he just has no, didn't have emotion. And I don't know. It was just a funky shoot. They ended up really liking it. And then like a few months later, I got a call to do an album cover for them. Wow. And then, it, and then it just kept, and then I kept getting calls for everything for them for 20 years. At that point where you already shooting a ton of music at that point in your career. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a good amount. But um, there, you know, there's a few people in my life. I think, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of photographers that have m many, make many more connections than, than I do. But in my career, I've made connections with a handful of people, mm -hmm. Weezer, you know, and, and I, I t was talking to them, a couple of the guys yesterday. It's like, we're friends, you know, we chat, we text Maynard from Tool, yep. uh, Jack Black. I mean, there's a few people that we just made a connection and then we shot for some years and we became friends and that happens. Maybe there's an art director that that happened with or a celebrity or Frank Zappa's kids were my best friends in LA for years and years and years. And you just make connections with people. And for me, it always starts with a, 
photo shoot, you know, and, and, um, that's what that, that's probably my favorite thing about photography is like, it's just, I'm getting paid to go meet fucking cool people. Yeah, man. With Weezer. You know what I mean? Yeah. With Weezer, what kind of stuff were you shooting? Like, obviously you mentioned like album covers. Would you ever like kind of go on tour with them or like, what kind of stuff would you shoot for them mainly? No, I never went on tour. It was mainly, um, so they did do a lot of albums. I, I don't know how many I've shot. Mm-hmm. Many, many, many of them. I, I don't even know. But they would call in Rivers or somebody from the label would call and say, oh, there's a, there's an album coming out. And then I would, it seems like every time this is how it would go, I would go through my album collection. My album collection was given to me by Stuart Copeland. Wow. from the police because yeah. i helped him move i helped him and his brother ian move and 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 i and they saw how into the albums were i i was and they, they gave me the collection anyway i got this cool collection so i would look through albums and i'd pull albums that inspired me based on color tone of something from the producers in the late 70s or this album or the fucking warriors soundtrack or whatever the thing was and i would just pull that album and i would scan it and then i would mock up you know, some pages about tone and I would do another page, uh, compositions, then do another page, uh, concept like this, this concept of this album is going to be, we're going to be, every shot's going to have something to do with, we're in a, some kind of gang, mm-hmm. whether it be, uh, like the warriors or a, bo- a bo- boxer boxers, or, you know what I mean? So every, every album had its theme and then I would go to we- rivers, we'd have a meeting and I'd have all these pages and he is like, I always felt nervous around him, even though as long as I've known him, he, he's the one I'm not as, he's a really great guy, but he just is, he's, he just seems like he's thinking all the time and I'll show him and I'll go, here's what I'm thinking. Boom. Here's the tones. Here's my inspiration. I love these fucking, I love these poses. I love this lighting. I like da da da. And he would just go, okay, cool. Let's do it. Boom. <laughs> and then, and then that was approved. And then I get with a stylist and we would, you know, work that work, all those shots out. And, so every so every time it was like that was kind of the until the later years, which the last couple albums like the the Teal album, Van Weezer, the White album, they're they're with a management company called Crush now, and they, and they came to me with more like the White album was like Rivers wants to do something like film noir but beach noir. So I'm like I know fucking film noir, so I just went down to Venice shot a bunch of fucking pictures about kind of what I was thinking and then pulled my albums and did a whole bunch of shit, turned it all black and white and then did the same pitch. And he's like, fuck yeah. And then the album cover ended up being something that was a little unplanned. It's like, we were out on the beach kind of thinking about this. And then there's a couple sitting next to a, you know, a lifeguard stand. And I see a guy down the way with a fucking metal detector. And we just pay the dude, the metal detector 20 bucks to come stand over here for five seconds the couple's not moving and they don't give a shit. So yep. the band just stands there and we click a frame and that's the album cover. Holy and that shit. tended to happen a lot, you know, with that always happens in, on my shoots. You kind of, kind of give it a base structure. You do the footwork, you find, you scout everything and then you leave room for some, some spontaneity, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the music stuff's interesting. I mean, the music industry is an industry that's changed dramatically since like, I mean, when I was a kid, yeah, you go to the record store and buy uh, cassettes and then it was CDs and I don't even know, like, do, do bands really do album cover shoots anymore these days or not really? I don't even know. It seems like it's yeah. a way different business. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's back, man. Like I feel like I'm not in the, the music game very much anymore. Like I I shoot some some musicians, but not a lot, you know. And so uh, I feel like yeah, albums are are big and and uh, like the the Weezer ones are all they're all on vinyl, you know. It's fucking cool. Everyone's buying vinyl. It seems like I may be wrong. Although I although Weezer was number one on the Billboard charts, I think a couple weeks ago, and I texted Scott and I was like, "Fuck yeah, man! Like we're gonna get another, you know, because I got all these platinum albums from previous albums. Like fucking a, man, we're gonna get another place. Like, dude, we only sold twenty five thousand albums, <laughs> and I'm like, but they're number one. You know what I mean? So it's just downloads and shit. You yeah, know? yeah. No, it's funny. But, yeah, yeah, you've gotten to photograph a lot of amazing musicians. And one photograph, I didn't even know you took it. And then when I was researching for this, you have a really great portrait of Dr. Dre. Um, it was a great portrait. I was just kind of curious what the backstory with that shoot was. Um, so man, how do I how do I phrase this? I did I used to shoot a lot of hip hop, mm -hmm. a lot of rappers for a period of time, and then I got really frustrated with it. And I vowed never to do it again because it just was too much work for me. What was and it? What were you frustrated with? Just like, just the the just the way that because I was taking shit real seriously and I was on time and I put a lot of effort into a lot of these shoots and mm -hmm. and people were late all the time and they didn't really want me that they would come and see me and they're like, what's this surfer motherfucker doing here and dude, yeah. how's you know what I mean? Just this, it was just kind of the way it was. And then I got a. Anyway, AP were doing a thing on they, – they had Dr. Dre on the docket, and they, they said, Murphy, go shoot Dr. Dre, and he's only got 30 minutes. I said, okay, I'll do it in fucking 10. Yeah. So – because I, I was kind of mad. I was like, he's only giving me fucking 30 minutes? I'll get Fuck you. It. I'll get you, motherfucker. So I'm, I'm gonna, okay, you, he could not have been the most – the, the coolest guy. So I walked in, and, the, and, and this is my – my young self being a dick too because i i, I somehow was making it about me mm -hmm. and i didn't under, realize that this is a busy man that has is making a fucking album and he's got a lot of shit to do and some kid's gonna come in and take his time away for some magazine he probably doesn't even know exists you know what i mean he's yeah. just he's being cool enough to love it. so i went in and just shot set up a couple kino banks and a pro photo and just and i had an rz and just did a quick pull focus and i sat i had it all set up and i i just sat him down and i, and I shot two rolls wow. bam, bam. And i said thanks sir done he went you're done and i was like yep he goes i like you and i was like cool <laughs> yeah and then and then and then now i look at it people really love those photos and i'm like mother fuck if i just sat around and i could have had him for another 20 goddamn minutes I could have done three more setups, you know, because I'm fast as shit. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, but that's that's how it goes, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that's a good story. Like, I, I, I've done that a bunch of time on shoots where I, it, it's actually one of my worst habits is like rushing through shoots because you feel like you sometimes you don't want to take people's time too much. But now I'm just trying to like, like, no, I'm here to do something and like, like take as much time as you can get. And that's what I try to remind myself. But I, I don't always succeed. Yeah, it's a fine line, right? Because some people, you know, yeah, like you said earlier, reading the room, you know, mm -hmm. I kind of, I do a lot of front work, no matter what the shoot is, if it's 
like I shot a teenager yesterday and I spent two hours scouting, figuring out my lighting, setting up my lighting, getting everything in the truck, getting the lenses and making sure all my wizards and the batteries are fucking ready. So when this girl comes from after school, it's, it's fun for her. She doesn't have to see all my bullshit and it's a good fast experience and the pictures are amazing. I think that's how I always, and I think Carlos touched on it too. You know, he and I both, we came out, we came from shooting celebrities where you have five fucking minutes and you, and generally you're in a, uh, some kind of hotel room or someplace that's maybe not exciting, but I would go like a day before and kind of poke around, look at the nooks and crannies, come up with a few ideas. So I already know the lay of the land. So, and then I'll have my idea. And if that idea fails for whatever reason, I've got backup and backup and backup and, and I've got all my cameras figured out and, and I know what I'm doing. And so I, I have a, I think my shtick is making people feel, I make it look effortless. Yep. No matter how complicated it, cause I've done all the work up front. I think it's very important to do your prep. Yep. And so when you show up, man, you fucking thought about, I think about everything. Is it, it is it fucking going to rain? Is it going to do this? Is It might not be sunny tomorrow, but right now it's sunny. What do I do if it's cloudy? What do I do if there's a car parked where I want to shoot? What do I do? Blah, blah, blah. It's, it's fucking endless. So I just, I, and, and then I always have a list, you know, um, before I show up to everything. So I don't forget because I'm in a hurry yep. and I'll, and I may forget one of those cool ideas. So I've got like a oh, multiple exposure, um, this thing, a silhouette, a blah, 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 that blah, blah. And I want to do a, a, whatever the thing is. And I've got them in a row and I just kind of do a checklist. Yeah. And once I go through that and I, and I, mean, I can do like 10 shots in an hour, 10 setups, easy. It's no big deal. Um, anyway, that's, you know, that's kind of my approach on it. And uh, the, I think it's super important to be prepared and it also shows respect yeah. to whoever you're shooting. And and it gives them a good experience because they don't want to see you fucking sweating, stressing yep. out, your shit's not working, like, yeah. your ideas. Like I remember being starting out and like I didn't know lighting that well. So it's like I would scope out some some spot in Boston maybe and the light's hitting this wall and it's bouncing off perfect at four o'clock and it's hitting this window and it looks amazing. Then you show up the next day and it's fucking cloudy and I'm like, oh, fuck. The <laughs> what do I do? Fucked. I'm done. I, I don't know what to do. I'm not recovered. You know, and these and, and whoever you're shooting is like, dude, are you all right? Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. So it's it's like it's a you know, it's a dance, it's a show. Um, I love watching photographers work. I remember in my early in, in LA in my early days, David LaChapelle was when he was the shit, he's still the shit, but when he was like yep. he was everywhere, my makeup artist was working for him and he's like, Hey man. I said, can I just come watch? <laughs> I just want to watch how he how he yeah. handles his crowd, man. That's so cool. And I went to this this uh, fucking warehouse. There was a plain fuselage. They're doing a camel. I think it was camel cigarettes or some shit. Yep. It was a plain fuselage, and he had all these characters all wearing beige. It was everything was monochromatic for this thing. Fat ladies with big, you know how he does. Everything's over the top. Big, big, big. I'm like David, David's not here. David, everybody's running around. Fucking people are sitting in their places. The the assistants are framed up. They got lighting going all down the fuselage. It's all lit up. 
shooting on Mamiya 645, fucking Polaroid sitting on the back of the camera. Fucking limo pulls up. A limo. David, David, yeah, a town car. Okay. He gets out. He's in like gym clothes, like he'd been at the gym or some shit. <laughs> hey, and he looks. He just runs straight to the back of the camera, pulls the Polaroid, and goes, "Move, you move there, and you move there." And the 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 the, the somebody whispers some shit in his ear. He's like, "I'll oh, we'll fix that in post." Yeah. And then, boonk, boonk, like, and. He shoots for like, I don't know, 15 minutes and he fucking gets back in his car and, and leaves. I'm like, wow. That was <laughs> crazy, man. Another planet, but, dude. Another planet. Another planet. But I love watching, you know, and watching people like Clay, Clay McBride, Scott, F. Shafe's one of my best friends, too. Amazing. And he's light, my, dude, insane. He, I call him like, and, and people always come to me like, think I know. God damn, you must know everything at this point. You're 52 and you've been doing this shit for 30 years. Dude, I study. I'm like, Scott, I got to shoot portraits of some fucking fisherman. And yeah. I want it. I want, really want this look. How, what do you suggest? And he walks me through it, man, because he's an amazing teacher. And he, he shoots in a, a, a way a different way. And he just... He's, operates he's just like a technician uh, so technical in his lighting like i don't know if you saw his portraits he was doing of like uh, yeah. like prisoners like in yeah. jail and well, that's I, one light that was yeah. like one light dude he said it was like lights they had lying around at the fucking yeah. prison i was like what yeah. they were like hot yeah. lights i was like that blew, blew my mind they're like old ari hot lights yeah but he he would rig me up with like which I still use like he's like you know get this and get this and he will walk me through it and I'll do the same thing with Clay you know Clay is Clay is a, a, a master too but in a in a different way you know oh, yeah. he's you know and then and then there's you know um uh everyone's got their got yeah their that's stuff. the thing everyone has their strengths and like people come to you for advice on certain things I'm sure and then like yeah it's like I feel like every job you get, it's like you're just trying to like figure it out. Like, you know, obviously you yeah. have ex you have experience and some things are similar, but every job's so different and calls for different stuff and you just gotta like figure it out. And that's when that kind of yeah, yeah, man. You that's you hit the nail on the head. I think you know the thing in what's different, I think, from me to a lot of people is that I've done I do everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like Fuck, he's shooting surfing, and I was shooting, I was shooting uh, fishing all day today on on paddle boards out in the fucking swamps. Yep. For his company, and then I'm shooting for a casino, or then I'm shooting a car ad, or then it's maybe a, an album cover that needs to be very creative, or maybe it's porn. I used to shoot that, and so when people would call me in advertising, my book would be kind of. I would is all is a lot of different kind of stuff. Yep. And a lot of people are very niche, right? Mm -hmm. Like like they're shoot they're the master at this thing. Like if I think of Scott, I think of this type of lighting that he does. It's it's this amazing lighting, but I don't think of him as a shooting reportage style or maybe outside doing natural light. It just doesn't but I think it's a for me, it was a good thing and a bad thing. I think I maybe didn't get a bunch of jobs because even though maybe I'm more well-versed, 
they're like, fuck this guy or girl has, that's all she does or he does is this one thing. That's what yep. we need. So we're going to hire them. Yeah. Um, so it's tricky, man, but I prefer to do everything, you know, no, it makes it fun. I'm kind of <laughs> the same way. Like I do, I like doing studio portraits, but then I'll do like some like documentary stuff, but I don't know. It's just, I think you can do all of it, but it's just a matter of like trying to figure out how to like edit your work in like a cohesive way, which is like the hardest thing, like trying to not put a portfolio together or a website. But I mean, looking at your stuff, it's different, but it all still kind of has the same like touch to it. it. It doesn't seem out of place. It still makes sense. You know, I appreciate that. There were at one point, I think I had three portfolios. It was a surf, like a surf light. Cause I shot a lot for surf brands, mm-hmm. like a surf portfolio and then there was a a music portfolio and then there was like an advertising portfolio and i went over to radical media and they michael ash over at radical looked Mm -hmm. at these three books and he's like fuck this first he goes we we he took me he goes you want to be with radical i was like fucking yes please Cause that they're the shit. Yeah, they did and, great. And they, they did great, like documentaries and stuff. Really good stuff. The shit, man. So then he took all three of my books and he goes, "Go away, leave them with me, and I'm gonna make one fucking book out of." It. I was like, "You can't." I was freaked out. I was like, "There's no way you can do that," you know. But I came back to New York over a period of time, and he had put it all in one book, and it looked amazing. He would put fucking music. But he turned something black and white, which that was color, which toned down whatever that process I had, that 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 tone I had going on. And then he'd put it next to like a really simple picture of a maybe a kid or something. And then a double page of a car in the desert next to. You know what I mean? And it, it all like made sense. I was like, God, man, I've never that's such a talent. And then that opened my eyes. And then I thought, yeah, of course, man, like it's a, a picture is a picture an image is, you know, you can connect everything by composition or tone. doesn't really matter what the subject matter is. Yeah. So that excited me. I thought that was, that was pretty cool, man. That is dope. And speaking on like reps, because this is a conversation I have with so many photographers, like, like what's your opinion on reps these days? Like, do you think you need to have a rep to be like a, a successful photographer? Like, I don't know if you work with reps before, but I guess what's your take these days? I've had a rep since I was 25. Uh, and, and I just, and I don't have one now mm-hmm. as of two years ago, since I moved to Florida. Yeah. Um, and I think they really helped me in the begin through my whole career, really, because, you know, I didn't know how to, they open a lot of doors that you might not be able to open for one. If you get the right, if you get the right rep, cause I've had, I've had, I had one really good, I was with Fox creative. Yep. Um, Clay and I were at Fox creative together and um ended up having a falling out with one of the reps there but that i gotta say that they were the best reps i've ever had Mm -hmm. because they got me and they they just understood and we were a family and they knew how to they just knew me in and out and they knew my work and they knew how to pitch me and they knew where to put me um they also knew you know reps a good rep will also know how to um you know they know how to to bid you They, they want the most for you but they don't they don't they're not an asshole. You know, they're not, I don't know how to say this in a good way. 
Um, I've had some reps where the client will later come to me and go, you know, you almost lost that job. Your rep almost lost you that job because they're really pushy yep. and they, you know, they, they, they weren't hearing us. We agreed on something and they're, then they're now trying to layer on more shit, mm -hmm. whatever. And I'm like, I just want to do the fucking job, yep. you know? So then the, the client will Facebook message me and go, dude, we're trying to give you this fucking job and your reps trying to ruin go, it for you. Yep. Um, so I think there, I mean, the short answer is I think if you get the right rep, man, it's magical. Like Carlos talked about it, you know, he's had the same rep forever and ever and ever and ever. And, mm -hmm. and, 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 um, you know, I think that you, you, you help each other, you know, and when, when I'm with a rep and we're all, we're firing on all cylinders, like they're giving me advice or helping. I remember my rep page at Fox creative, I would be at her apartment on a weekend, we'd lay all my workout on her apartment floor and we'd stand around. These are my best memories. And she, we would put up my new book together and then we would get ready for me going to New York and doing shows or whatever. I mean, those were, and that's a cool rep. You know what I mean? Someone that spends that kind of time with you and they're, and yeah. then I've had reps yeah. that, that just think you're going to make them money and they don't really spend the time to nurture you. They're like, Sean's already making money. We'll just put him on our roster and we'll take his 25% and not really fuck with them that much They'll, they work more with the younger photographers and i just kind of sit in the background and yeah do my thing you know so yeah it's tough no it's interesting i i personally never had a rep but it is a uh, from talking to so many people it's just like yeah you got to find the right person you match with and uh trust i guess but yeah it's uh it definitely i think it's important i mean it's like another it's another arm uh someone working for your business and helping you get out there so there's pluses and minuses i guess you know, I found that that's work that also works really well. If you can kind of find the right person is the way I've got it set up now is I have a girl in my studio mm -hmm. and she's really smart and she's great on the phone and she knows how to do shit. And she really does the busy work that the rep used to do. Right. She does mailers for me and she works on, you know, giving, helping me get my shit together and, keep you know what i mean working on website or whatever the thing is um and 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 then i don't have to pay all, all the money and i'm not i don't know it just i feel a little more free yeah you know now but i think at this point too i think where you're at i think you could probably call anybody they would help you with i think any a lot of photographers can i think a lot of people are open with their information and if like you had a question you could call on many, anybody and go hey man what, mm -hmm. do, what do you think about this bid? What should I do with this? And they, they would help you. And, yeah, definitely. For sure. You know? And uh, so what do you, what do you think about like, how's your, is it hard for you to keep up with like your, what's your, your day to day? Like, is it, is it really hard to like balance that getting work and shooting the shooting and, and then getting the shoots and then wrapping the shoots and doing your, all yeah. the things you got going on? I mean, I kind of got down like, um, like I'm not, I don't have anything shoot. I'm shooting next week and then uh, the week after that too. This week's just kind of down week, so it's just more like outreach, like, like all that stuff I shot in LA. I've been putting that like in a PDF and uh, mm -hmm. sending that to people, editors I know and stuff, and trying to do that. But I don't know. Um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to keep it going, like the marketing stuff, because as you know, you get busy just with shooting and the production of organizing shoots that 
that arm of like reaching out to people and marketing, you can't do everything in one day. So I could definitely see the advantage of having a rep who's only doing that on the days. Cause I don't mind doing the marketing. I actually like it. Like pre pandemic, I would go down to New York, show my book as much as I could or whatever. And I enjoyed it. I didn't, I know some photographers hate that part of the business, but I, I don't, but like, yeah, sometimes you're busy and you just can't do that stuff. So I guess that's the only struggle, I guess. Well, who, when you were in LA, that's the only time I missed LA since I've left, by the way, watching <laughs> you there. Because I was like, fuck, when I left, I was like, I didn't even think about it ever. I was, I, it's like I, I never was there. And I was there for 26 <laughs> years. And I moved to Florida and I never thought about LA again, except two of my sons live there. And I miss them a lot. But um, what, 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 when you were there, like, what, who's, who's your, you don't have to, you don't have to say your favorite, but like, you shot a lot of cool people and you, in different kind of styles too. Like, yeah, I like the way you're doing different lighting and some natural light, beautiful natural light stuff and some really lit, like, yeah. Kind of what was your highlight over there? Um, I mean, I've always just been a big fan of Estevan Oriol, who I just yeah, on the podcast. He's just a rad yeah. dude because I yeah. mean, I've always just respected his work because he, he he's never switched up anything. Like he just shoots Kenny <laughs> AE one film still does like all film does the same thing. And Oh, he's just a rad dude, and he's very like uh, he's open. Like anybody reaches out to him, he'll he'll help he'll help people out similar similar to the way you do. Um, so that was cool, and we got to go in his sauna. Like we did like six. He has a sauna in his. Yeah, it was sauna. fucking rad, dude. I never been so rad, dude. Yeah, I was like I was jealous. I used to live right down from Cartoon's place. Yep. In that little spot that they talk about on their show, and I and I would shoot cartoon mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, for a couple magazines and. I remember he he would be there around in that space. Yeah. I didn't know him though, but he he's a fucking you know yeah. definitely a power. All those guys, but it was cool to see everybody. Like uh, my friend Cheyenne Ascarnia, who's a great photographer out there, and then uh, we stopped by like Stri- Art Striver's house uh, where he's got his little studio or whatever, and he, he was super cool to kind of see how. I mean that guy, his organization is fucking crazy, dude. Like you, it's like. I, I wish I was that organized. Like you go where his gear closet is, all this stuff. It's like bonkers, dude. Like I, I gotta isn't get my- it, isn't it interesting to see, you know, we like my space is very me. Yep. It's very I think it's organized, but it's set up. Everyone has a setup. They're different. Some people are a little more cluttered. Carlos is very minimalist and clean and spacious and then some people that i think i don't know like they're really big photographers and i might get to meet them i go in their apartments just fucking cluttered and i'm like (laughs) how do you what they're like working on a little laptop but they're creating things huge jobs and i'm like so everyone kind of has different the way they you know just different ways of working i'm super interested in that yeah and i thought for like you know arts like obviously super organized and like i thought like do i need to be like that but then kind of getting <laughs> to shoot then going to shoot like getting to meet with all these different people and go to their houses and see where they live or their studios you get to see how they do their business it's like i realized like like you're saying everyone has their own way there's not a right way or wrong way it's just kind of like it's everyone's different did, did what was there what was their common thread did you notice common thread between people or the person and, and and then everybody lives all over town so that gives you like kind of a different it's a it's a weird spot man like everybody you know it's just a trippy 
Yeah, LA was. If you're in Venice or the wet or like downtown yeah. or the Valley where I live, you know, it's very fucking different. Yeah, LA is wild. I mean, I've been there a bunch of times before, but yeah, that was the first time I've been there in a while, man. It was just crazy to see like the homeless fucking problem out there. Is it's terrible, man. I don't know how they're gonna help those people out, but it it was like even because I hadn't been there since the pandemic, so like a year and a half, and like even in that time, it got way worse which was uh brutal yeah i don't I, my ex-wife is actually she's driving here she did <laughs> i left la two years ago and now like she's bought a house a mile from me her and her boyfriend are moving here my my wife now is like really like <laughs> but she's like fuck this i'm out you know like i'm tapping out um <laughs> my kid one of my sons is a t lives in a tiktok house yeah and they got like you know 40 million followers and that that's his his job that's my amazing. Other son, that's amazing my other, dude. <laughs> it is it's crazy baby ariel and milo murphy are, are they're a couple and so all they right. do all and then um and then my other son's a musician so they i don't know they're there and they're kind of that's going to be their home but i think it's a great place to be for certain reasons but there's but for me like quality of life and where i'm at now i gotta say too um what do you how do you feel about like like i feel like i hit a ceiling it, it does it sound like an asshole thing to say like i was i was in la and i felt like i'd done everything there was mm -hmm. to do yep and i was like i can't fucking shoot on uh in venice beach i've shot in every single alley i've shot there's not one hotel room or yep. alley that i haven't shot in in downtown la there's nowhere in the valley i mean i've I'm just repeating myself and like, do I want to be that older photographer? That's just fuck man. There's one more fucking just clinging on to like the same shit over and over. Or do you, is there another act like, Oh, that's why I came here. I think it was scary, but how do you, do you feel that way about? I, well, I feel like I would imagine like the stuff that you were really excited about in photography when you started is different than what you're excited about photographically now. Like I'm sure when you first started shooting like some famous band or celebrity was really fun and exciting. But I don't know, maybe do you feel like the stuff that you're interested in photographing now is is different than what got you excited before? I don't think so. No? Like I still like like instead of shooting a famous musician, I shot a 16 year old kid yesterday who's like this punker chick. Yeah. But she, to me, I, it's just as exciting for me. I still love that, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't know, but I'm in a different, um, I don't think I could be here as a young photographer because there's nothing here for a young photographer. I think it's important to be surround in engulf yourself in a city or space where there's a lot of, things going on you there's you can pick off jobs you can be surrounded by peers and people doing shit like whether it's fuck la san francisco atlanta boston portland i mean there's there's a shit ton of cities you know so yep i i don't know but i i, I kind of struggle with that a little bit i'm super happy but at the same time there's my old lady what's up <laughs> um so but yeah I, I wonder about other i don't know i just i'm curious like do you ever feel like, huh, maybe I've been in Boston for a certain amount of time, or is this, are you, are you super happy or am I just unsatisfied with things and I need constant change? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I live in like a cool spot. Like, 
yeah, I've never wanted to live in New York. I never wanted to live in L.A. Like, I like going out and visiting there. Good thing about New York, it's only like three and a half hour drive. It's like I'm going there tomorrow to shoot some stuff. Um, but I kind of like this being in my own zone. Like, I live like an hour outside of Boston, like in a small town. It's kind of chill. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think I would want to be around all those people all the time. Like, it, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that's just me. I'm kind of like pretty low key. Uh, my way to interact with the photo community is just from my fucking apartment or studio this jamming on here so and then i can this i feel like i can just focus more like in a more mellow like in my town and uh yeah i don't know i, I it doesn't seem like it i have no problem still shooting for magazines and getting work and uh but i mean if i guess if you want to shoot entertainment then you got to live in new york and la but that's never really been um, i'm not opposed to it but it's not been the focus of my work i guess yeah, I mean, he, and, and I think, I don't know, I created a, a, a compound, like my dream compound in LA I could never afford. Mm-hmm. So I, we, we would live in like old, like the last place we lived in Canoga Park was in a, like a concrete pumping business. Yep. And these guys were go like kind of going out of business and and I went to rehab and I got out of rehab and I came back and I was just kind of fucking spun out and they're like, I had a little studio next door, like, hey, man, you want to rent this fucking place? And I'm like, can I live in it? Like, I always end up living in these places you're not supposed to live in, in Boston, too. It's like, wherever I was, it's like kind of like an industrial space. And then you get a, a tip that the, the, that the city was going to come inspect, and you had to move all your shit into a U-Haul and park it down the street for a day. And, and so I always thought, man, I'm going to move one day to... If I move back here, I'm going to make a, my dream studio. I've seen it. It's you badass, know? dude. And, it's and, it's and fucking nice. <laughs> thank you, dude. And and, and 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 if I told you how much I paid for it, I won't even say because you'll get mad. You'll be mad at me. <laughs> yeah, because it's so, because it's so affordable here. Yeah. And I live like you can walk to the fucking beach. Yeah. The Gulf right there is like a 10 minute walk. Yeah. And it's and, and it's central to downtown. This in LA would be, fuck, I don't even know. Millions Five, of dollars. Millions, millions of dollars. dollars. Yeah, millions, just, millions. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I don't know. The quality of life is so great. And, 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 it, and the world is getting smaller with the pandemic, I think, was awesome. And it's in some ways, right? Because yep. we all got closer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really on Clubhouse much. It's good, ever. man. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of bullshit on there. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know that it's my plat like i see you guys on there sometimes and i'm like fuck i, I kind of want to go hang out with john and <laughs> but i'm already in bed because i'm fucking old and i'm watching netflix and shit at like nine o'clock and you guys are eating fucking pizza rolls and bullshit <laughs> but uh but but like as like uh you know I, he's so like my kid john is so comes in so excited and he's always you know hey man i i, I talked to your friend ari or i talked to you know, this guy or that guy that you know, and they said to tell you hi, and it makes me feel fucking yeah. happy because I'm like, man, that's so cool. Like, the, he, he, a little kid, not a little kid, he's 22, yep. kid from the small town, went to the high school I went to in a shit town yep. for creative stuff, is talking Just, to these yeah. high caliber, nice people that I know from LA that I came up with. And yeah. I just think that's pretty special, man. No, it's cool, man. You can still be a part of the community. You don't have to live in it. Like if you're I think if you really love photography, like 
there's like a mutual respect man it's almost like it's just like a crew like it's just like you're on the same wavelength and it's like you speak the same language you know yeah i i love it and and he told me about your podcast originally he's like man and i and i was tripping out like i was like holy shit like <laughs> seeing all my the friends that that I know that have been on there on your podcast. I'm like, no fucking way. And, and then I love, and then I was like, Oh, killer. I get to listen to these other guys, Dan winners and Auchenfels, these people that I really look up to. And for, I mean, how did you, I mean, I, we won't make this about you, but like, I was like, how did the fuck does this guy get this shit started and get all these people on board? And it's awesome, man. It was just a and, process. I just started with my friend, like my friend, Jesse Burke, who's one of my good photographer friends in the area. And then I just started interviewing the guys I used to assist for. And I just kept doing it and I haven't skipped like a week in four years. So it's just like, so, yeah. It's so awesome, dude. I've been, I've been trying to do a podcast. Um, because you know, and I, I think I saw some Frank posted something, a couple days ago, maybe yesterday, doing a gallery show somewhere. In, Dude, he had in seven, 700 pieces in that show. 700. Dude. It's Dude. fucking crazy. I mean, I feel like a piece of shit. You know what I mean? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, God, that guy's a beast. Yeah. But I, but I have a, a great body of work that's from 89 to 2005. And my name is, and John's been scanning them for yep. like a fucking year. And like eventually, so I've been wanting to do a, people asking me about doing a book and I'm like, and I, somebody mentioned it. Oh, Frank did. Mm -hmm. Sorry to keep mentioning stuff. Frank says, but he it's said fine. something cool. He goes, I don't won't need to do a book until I have something to say. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's cool. Like I don't need to rush it. I yeah. thought that resonated with me. And, and, um, what do you think? Would it, it be like, would, would it be like this? Like a, like a bunch of your different photos or do you think you'd want to do like a Weezer book or like, what do you uh, think? I think it would be like, uh, I'm very tactile, like in, in a sense, like he is too. Like I've kept photo journals mm -hmm. and I used to keep photo Polaroid books with lots of notes and things, very scrapbooky yeah. fat, you know? So I always thought something with not a lot of writing, but maybe if it were me looking at a book, I like to look at a book with cool pictures with, with little stories about the shit. Like I did Christina Aguilera's first photos. Like I want to hear about that and see those first Polaroids and see where that relationship went. And, and, um, so anyway, this, this, this publishing company came to me. I'm like, I don't even know where to fucking start. Like it seems so immense because there's so many shoots, so much to go through. How would I even start? Yeah. And so, uh, the, I, they're like, why don't you start a podcast? And just talk about a st story about a sh on a shoot because every sh every story of my especially from that period of time, it was like there's always drugs, there's it's you know it's there's always crazy shit going on. I'm hanging out with a band for three days in their apartment and we're doing fucking weird shit and then we're getting amazing photos and what and that story behind that shoot. And so we started a podcast, but I'm not like I I can't I'm like what try to do one a week is a lot of work man like to put like we'll do this but then you're gonna probably spend i don't know how long it takes you to like take this and put it together but that shit's a lot of work man yeah mine are pretty bare my yeah mine are pretty bare bones so i don't edit any of it i just cut at the beginning yeah to edit it takes me like 45 minutes or something 
so not too bad but yeah it is it is the research and the guests that's what takes a lot of time it, so it definitely mm-hmm. is an investment of your time but you mm-hmm. know, it's cool talking to people i know you mentioned um yeah this you, you were like a, a drug addict and like alcoholic and being around those bands and stuff because i know myself man i'm an alcoholic myself i i stopped drinking seven years ago and how, how did you really come? yeah man cool, I, cool. Nice. yeah dude it was fucking terrible um but how did you kind of get through that process because you said you're still working and shooting but then you're you're dealing with alcohol and drugs and stuff how did you kind of get through that man i uh 1998 i i had you know i i don't know how it was for you but for me like i i'm i'm a, i was a I was a binge drinker and a cocaine user in my younger years, but I would go off the fucking rails, dude. Like, uh, I got you just reminded me of a cool fucking story. The alcohol was a good thing in my life, <laughs> but but um, I a friend of mine, Amit Zappa, said I really respected him and his family. They're they're really good to me and they're really nice people. And they didn't drink and they didn't do drugs. Mm -hmm. And he came to me and he's like, dude, I fucking hate you when you drink. I fucking hate you when you drink. And I was like, man, I gotta. And then my other friend, Steve Stickler, have you ever heard of Steve Stickler? Steven Stickler. He passed away about three years ago. He was one of my best friends and he legendary music photographer. Check, check out his work. Mm -hmm. Um, he passed away from cancer about three years ago, but he took me to my first AA meeting. I remember he picked me up from my ha- my shitty house in the valley. I was pounding a pounding a six pack of Heinekens. I didn't know anything about AA. I just looked looked in the yellow pages. Yep. And I just and 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 he looked in his yellow. He lived in Larchmont. And he's like he came picked me up. I pounded a six pack. I'm like this is my last six pack. Yeah. I was 28, 28 years old. Yeah. <laughs> he drove me to the meeting and took me to the meeting and. And I, it weirded me out. And I just kind of was in and out of the AA meetings for 11 years, man. It's a really long story. You know, my story is, is long. And that could be a whole nother podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, one, one quick fun story is I had been sober for eight months. And I think I was probably 29-ish. Yep. And, 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 and I get a call from, I think, Bikini Magazine or Ray Gun, one of those old alternative magazines from LA and they're like, we want you to shoot um, Slayer at, at, you're going to ride with them in a limo and you're going to go to the Kings game <laughs> and you're going to shoot uh, Slayer and, and it's and, and whatever. So I borrowed Carlos's, <laughs> he had a P- Pentec 6.7. I didn't have shit. So I do <laughs> I use your fucking camera. He's like, yeah, so he gives me, gives me his camera. I go, I drive my, I have this shitty Volkswagen square back with the roof is cut out like it has no roof yeah because i had a i had this big mastiff dog and he would ride in the back and his head would stick out so i cut the fucking roof off windows are it was jacked up anyway i drove it all the way to santa monica down santa monica boulevard because i was new in the in la and all i knew was roads right mm-hmm. before gps i was like fuck they're on santa monica i'll just take santa monica the whole way it was like 15 miles down santa monica <laughs> i get to the record label and the 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 publicist comes out and goes okay so the band's gonna do a a phone interview and they'll be out in like 30 minutes just go ahead and sit in the limo there's a stretch go ahead and sit in the stretch limo and they'll be here as soon as you can so i get carlos's fucking camera (laughs) and i get in a car and there's like a fucking ledge lit up 
Ooh, like a, like a like whiskey a, with all the shit on it, right? Yeah, yeah. On this glowing ledge. But I was into vodka, and I was like, that was my jam. So there's a bottle of Absolute, and it was not even open. It was brand new. And yeah. I stared at that motherfucker for like 20 minutes. I was like, oh, no, fucking don't. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. And I was sweating and shit, dude. And I was like, fuck it. And I just, and just chugged like a third of the bottle. Holy right shit. Right there, boom. And then the band came out, and I somehow made it to the Kings game. And then I kept going back and getting shots at the, the concession stand. And I don't remember anything after that. Did you get any I photos? Fuck, I was in a fucking blackout, dude. But So I shot some photos. But then driving home from there, I lived in the valley. So I, I have to drive Santa Monica to Laurel Canyon, go through Laurel Canyon. And I was on the other side of Laurel Canyon. So was, in my mind, it was like, it's just fucking too... It's just one turn, mm -hmm. just fucking one left and I can get home. So I'm driving through West Hollywood and I pass and all of a sudden I don't have shoes on. I'm in a tank top, like I'm full, like cops episode. Right. And I'm driving and I pack and pass out the wheel. I'm in West Hollywood along all the gay bars and a bunch of dudes run out of a bar and I grab my car and my steering wheel. And, and all I remember is seeing blue lights. And you know that I don't know if you've ever got a DUI, but that feeling is just like, um, and I, did, I was this guy stick my hands out the window, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and I, I refused to blow. I got arrested. I, they had to strap me to a gurney. It was a bad one. Mm -hmm. um, impounded my car, went to jail for like three days and, and uh, almost lost Carlos's fucking camera. All my film was in the car. Like it was unopened. I was like, I'm going to lose everything. Jeez. But anyway, I'll shorten this up. I, I processed the film after I got out of jail and it ran in the thing and the writer kind of wrote about that story in the fucking oh, thing, shit. which I don't give a shit about. Yeah. And I went right back to, I went right back to an, an AA meeting the next day and I was right back at it and I just kept going and going and yeah, I got a year sober after 11 years, but to finish this story, I had not shot an advertising job at this point in my career. It was, I was just about 30 and I, for one year I lost my license and I was riding around the valley like a fucking asshole yep. on a beach cruiser with some flip phone or some kind of old m mobile phone with a portfolio, like just doing what I could do. Whatever. Am I a, you know? And then like a year goes by, like almost a year. And my agent Paige calls me. She goes, dude, you're not going to fucking believe this. And I go, what? She goes, an agency in Austin, Texas called today. It was, oh, it was, it was the, the Super Bowl is coming up. They're like, this chick, this art director's in a fucking hair salon. She sees the magazine yeah. and sees a shot of, and, and when I, sh I shot a shot of Slayer, the Kings had scored and the whole crowd jumped up like this. Yeah. And I had it a little slow of a shutter speed and I panned up. So everything was a little blurred, but they were in focus. And they're like, we want to do that for the Super Bowl campaign for Visa. Can he redo this shot? And I was like, I got my first fucking ad campaign from my DUI. And I got the job. And I bought this, I bought this fucking Rolex, bro. Hey man, it shows you can turn you can turn your life around, man. Turn it around, man. But hey, but then 
one year. So then with that that money, I didn't even make that much. I can't remember. I'm making shit up. Maybe it was 15 grand or some shit. Yep. I bought this Rolex and I bought a 1970 turquoise F100 short bed truck. Because I thought that's always wanted one. I bought it. had a big fucking glass ball fucking shifter and shit. So I'm, everything's going cool. And then one day I'm at the beach. I'm surfing. I'm wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt and like my surf britches. I got my board in the back. But after the beach, I'm going to shoot the Mad TV cast at, yep. at Mad TV for the same magazine. I got pulled over for fucking Slayer. Same magazine. So I go, I'm driving this truck through Hollywood and I'm on the phone talking to my friend in England. I'll never forget. And all of a sudden, I see a cop behind me. So I do this thing like, gotta go. And I drop the phone <laughs> in, my, in my lap. Yeah. And I kind of, and I had been to Mad TV the day before shooting that day too, like a rehearsal day. So the, the security guard knew me and I knew kind of how to get in and shit. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm just sensitive to cops. I'm like, fuck, there's a cop behind me. Yep. And then I get, so I miss my turn and I go into a neighborhood and that cop turns behind me. And then I get to a four-way stop, and there's two more cops. Jesus. I'm like, holy fucking shit. Now there's three cops. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm freaking out. I'm sweating. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I hear helicopter. And then I look behind me, and there's like fucking six cop cars. And they're following me. And I'm like, I just got to get to Mad TV, and I'll be okay. And I, and I took a turn, and I pull in the fucking where the guard gate is. Yeah. I can hear the helicopter. And it's right next to channel. KL, take TLA five yep. on sunset. It's right yep. there next to that. Yep. So I pull in and I see this guy. I go, Hey man, uh, remember me? He's like, yeah, go on in. And I see him kind of look over short and he fucking ducks <laughs> out of the back of the thing. And they're like, get your fucking hands. And they're all screaming at me and shit. And I'm like, I pop the clutch and run the truck into a wall and I'm fucking back. <laughs> and they drag, they, they do the whole thing. They drag me out and they just kind of beat the shit out of me in the street. And, Everyone's waiting in line to get in Mad TV, and they're all behind the cars and fucking cops. Every like, there's like 50 cops, and I'm like, what is going on, man? And and uh, and the cops like, did you get in a fight with anybody today? I'm like, you know, did you get in a fight with your wife today? I was like, I was just on the phone with my wife a little while ago. She's pregnant, and I was like, no. And they're like, they just started tearing the seats out of my truck and tearing my truck apart. Apparently. And then they come up to me after like 30 minutes. They hand me a card and they're like, okay, mistake. Sorry, dude. Uh, mistaken identity. There's a guy from North Hollywood with the same year, same color truck, white dude, and about 30 years old. It has a bunch of meth and guns and is threatened to kill his wife or some shit. So if you get pulled over again today, I wouldn't suggest driving. Show them this card and, and do what they say. I'm sober and now. I, I'm sober now. I'm and sober. <laughs> and then I look over the in the crowd by the door and guess who i see the same the writer he's oh like oh well, fucking murphy never <laughs> lets us down he's the best you know like <laughs> jay man you should you show up in style man you show up in style show up in style man and so i'll let you go in a minute i know we've been talking yeah. forever but yeah where i'm at now and how sobriety also another thing that happened was i went to rehab in our hometown mm-hmm in 2008 and i got out and i was super fucking spun out and i was hanging out at a at a uh engraving shop 
that my friend owned and these couple comes in and they need some stickers made because they made this paddleboard. And my friend's like, you got to meet this dude, Sean, man. He lives in LA and they own a paddleboard company. They just started one and, and whatever. And I said hi to him and didn't think much of it. And then I went back to LA and I came back about six months later and buy, and then they'd opened up a little shop. And my friend that was working at the engraving shop was now working at their shop. And, and I was bored and I was always looking for some, Oh, I was looking for something to do. And I the owner of the company. I said, Hey man, can I take your picture? Like you, like, I just want to do a fucking cool. I was like, that, what you're doing sounds fucking cool. Can I take your picture? Like shaping a board? Like let's do some shit. Yeah. And he's like, why? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. It'd be cool. So I, but he let me and I shot his picture. And then I come back again and my friend's like, dude, they got this old mail truck out front, a black mail truck. Let's like fucking do something cool with it. Like he doesn't give a shit, doesn't run. So we, we spray painted some shit on the side and uh, we drug it down the road and put it against a big white wall. And we called his wife because this beautiful blonde lady that's super in shape and this other guy and i wanted to do this kind of old 80s style billabong surf ad where it didn't really make any fucking sense it was just a cool picture yep. and so i had gasoline and she's on top of the the truck with gasoline dumping it all over the car and i smashed the windows out the other guys under the trunk of the mail truck and i took a picture and i forgot about it i went back to la and then they hired they got bigger a little bigger then they hired a, a, a creative director from jacksonville this guy rob maccabee and he saw those pictures and he's like who the fuck shot those pictures he's like oh this dude in la sean he's like we need that fucking guy to do our, our catalog he's the yeah. fucking look of the brand that's the look yeah. that we for our brand it's rock and roll it's like a fucking album cover but in the, the surf industry yeah so i started shooting for them for free like trading them a fucking board here and a board there or whatever and just you know just started shooting and it's been 10 years, man. And like now I have equity in the company. Wow. They pay me a really good salary and I'm the director of photography and all these fucking experiences from my 25 years, I get to do whatever I want Hell yeah! and create all these. It's like we have our own in-house ad agency. It's fucking awesome. That's good. So man. like in that, and it's like, so if I wouldn't have gone to rehab, I wouldn't have met him. And if I wasn't always into doing shit, just cause I like to do shit with no, wanting something back i'm just doing something with you because i want to do it yeah and look things can evolve into you don't know man mm -hmm. and and so i don't know my i'm super blessed my life is i've been man i should be dead i should be blacklisted you know but i keep coming back and trying to do the right shit you know a yeah, year in a year a year in the program i mean you know the the deal like you, yeah. you do the next right thing yeah, I didn't do the AA. I mean, I went to a couple. It wasn't for me. I luckily I just kind of quit drinking myself. Um, yeah, it's seven years. But yeah, man, it makes life's easier. Now it's, it's less stress. No more bullshit. No doing this. I wasted so much time and money just drinking and hanging out at bars and stuff and just feeling miserable. But now it's just simpler life. <laughs> I'm happy for you, man. If you ever... Like I, I get it. I get yeah. the AA. My brother's sober too. He doesn't go to AA too. But I do like a really cool AA meeting in my studio tonight. Yeah. Tonight I do every Thursday night at seven thirty. Yeah. And there's, there's, you would notice, you would know some people that come to my meeting. But there are um, a bunch of dudes that come from California, New York, 
some from Greece. Yeah. Like, it's cool. If no, ever, I get it. It's, it's positive. Yeah. I think it helps out a lot of people. And yeah, yeah it's great, man. It's uh, anything to help people move forward and you'll live a better life, man. Now you're chilling, dude. You're shooting photos, looking healthy, man, looking fit. It's, uh, fucking, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> when are you going to come to Florida and, and hang out? I know I got to get down there, dude. I, well, I got to take your picture now, man, for my whole series. I'm I was je I was jealous, man. I was like, I was like, God damn it! Like Please. if I was in LA, could have got my picture no, taken. I'll make, dude. JetBlue down to Florida. That's an easy trip. So I'll get down there, man. You got a cool space, so we'll do it, man. But you uh, can stay here. I got an airstream. I got a loft. I got all kind of shit. You come hang out as long as you want, man. Right on, Sean. Well, I'm glad we connected, man. And uh, we could have talked for another two hours, but uh, thank you so much for your, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, dude. <laughs> thank you, man. Thanks a lot. All right, later, Sean. Later, dude. So there you have it. That was the Sean Murphy interview. Uh, just want to thank Sean so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to him about his work and uh, his journey with photography. Um, he's done a lot and uh, just a really unique guy. He's got a lot of energy. He's always shooting photos and uh, directing video projects. So uh, really, really hyped I got a chance to speak with him. Can't thank him enough. Uh, definitely go check out Sean's work at seanmurphyphoto.com as well as definitely go give him a follow on Instagram at Murphy Photo. I'll put all the links in the descriptions, uh, but you can go check them out. Um, and as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Um, so thanks so much for listening and take care.